0: The post-game overreaction podcast of doom. This is after the Indiana game in 2019, in case somebody in the future 50 years from now finds this and says, my God, we thought life was pretty good in 2019. Turns out it was miserable as fuck for these people. I am joined by a number of the Coordination staff. Paul Dolan, Evan... I never pronounce his last name right, Weeby. Zach Grunder and uh ranch babe Jill from somewhere in Nebraska.
1: Norfolk Osmond. Osmond, I thought.
2: It's, it's, not supposed to be in my secret location.
0: <laughs> okay, so anybody let's start with uh, well shit, we're just we'll start with Evan. He's young. Were you at the game, Evan? Yes, I was. How are you doing?
3: Fucking pissed.
0: <laughs> you have to actually speak into your phone.
3: I'm fucking pissed. Why are you pissed? Because we fucking suck.
0: <laughs> okay, let's go to Zach. What, how are you doing?
1: I'll repeat what Evan said I on the chat. Is that I'm just too sad to drink and that's that's sad like i i don't i look at my liquor cabinet i don't want anything i just want to sit here and and uh lick my wounds
0: well i'd suggest marijuana paul yes well uh, uh, how are you doing
4: uh, oh i'm supposed to say what i thought about the game
0: yeah pretty much
4: um i think uh i think well i think it sucked um, I think we, uh, I think Frost brought along a, a staff that he's very loyal to, uh, but probably isn't up to the style of play uh, and the level of play uh, in the Power Five, and certainly not in the Big Ten. Um, I think I think our staff would be better if we were playing in the Big Twelve still, um, but that's not happening, um, and we're getting worked. Pretty bad, And we need some staff changes, um, starting with the defensive coordinator.
2: Well, you
0: went there, didn't you?
4: Of course I did.
2: Okay, Jill? Oh, the solution is always to fire someone, right? And I'm not too sad to drink. I have a beer right now. So I have a nice Thunderhead Brewing Crop Duster Mid-American IPA. I don't like IPAs. It's bitter but it seemed appropriate after this game.
0: You know, somebody asked me in Twitter how many beers I'd had, and at that point in the game, literally almost in the fourth quarter, I'd had one red apple ale or whatever it is, and that was it. And I actually have – I've had maybe a total of three beers all day, so uh, this is probably one of the most sober post-game reactions I've ever done. If I had to okay. say what happened in this game is uh, we got beat by a better team. Flat and simple, that's it.
2: Bullshit. Better coached team.
0: I don't. I don't see. I don't think that's it. I. I still. Here's here's my opinion about where we are in Nebraska. Is this is not a good football team, and it's trying somehow to figure out how to be a good football team, and the coaches are trying to how to figure out how to be a good football team, but all the time, Nebraska fans are sitting there, and they expect like a nine win team to come. Like, I don't know, pull off Halloween masks and suddenly show up and go, Oh, we were kidding the whole time. and that's not us, it isn't, you know, we can't come to that realization.
1: Well, I think you have one better of the in Indiana well, kind of, um, look at the recruiting rankings the last five years in don't row, but they're not even close to us.
0: This is Indiana's best start since 2007 before today. Today they went to six and two. So I imagine we'll see something in their notes about this is about the best start since like 1936 or some goddamn thing.
4: Um, well, it it is. Um, I, I could be wrong about this, but I think that the preponderance of of uh, Indiana's players are upperclassmen, seniors, in fact. Um, and And that does matter. Um, particularly on the on the offensive line, but they had a a a decent quarterback and a really good receiver, and that just torched us um, all day. I, I haven't even seen the post game stats, but I'm 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 guessing Phil Potter or whatever his name is it, it had probably 350 yards receiving. It seemed like. Um, I, Yes, they have better players, and they're they're arguably. I mean, they're a better team than we are. Obviously, they proved it on the field today.
0: Um, Okay, that's not what I'm actually saying. What are you saying? I'm not saying they have better players. I'm saying they're a better team. Well, that's true. All right, because when we talk about this, everybody keeps going into like this guy's this recruit and this guy's a four-star recruit. And I look at it from a management standpoint of the fact that are all these people on a team working and doing the same thing all together. And I, I keep doing this in our podcasts and we keep going back to you guys. That's fine. You know, but for me, because I'm involved in, you know, I'm a consultant. I've done project management and things like that. When you do that stuff, you realize that if you have one guy that's not doing his job, it, it fucks up the entire team.
4: Well, if you're going to go there, John, then I'm going to fall back on my area, which is mathematics and, and in particular, mathematical modeling. And when I look at this team from that standpoint, what I see is a few upfront, fairly big problems that sort of butterfly effect through the entire system. And the system being the team. And that's the offensive line primarily. We don't have the players, either the talent-wise or the experience size-wise, to, to field a decent offensive line. And that has led to n- numerous injuries and lack of confidence, which contributes to poor performance in, in any number of ways. I think we can pin the the most of the problems in the offense not on players the skill players but on the offensive line um and i don't know if the, i don't today. think that's i don't think i don't know um
2: i mean not today it was the defense today was well, the defense
4: well i wasn't i wasn't going there yet i mean there are other issues but i just wanted I, just looking at the offense there are offense problems if we had a decent off, not even a good, but just a serviceable offensive line, we would probably be six and two right now. Certain, um,
2: you mean like Indiana?
4: Yeah, we would.
1: Um, Fuck it, I'm drinking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we actually got you off. to feel... We've got you to feel better so much that you can turn yourself into an alcoholic. I'm glad I could be here for you. It's happening. Evan? Yes? (laughs) You just want to go somewhere to drink, don't you?
3: Yeah, well, I'm too fucking depressed to drink, so. um, I don't know. I'm going to go back home because I can't fucking deal with it. I I just I don't get it. I I I'm at a loss for words. I don't fucking understand it.
1: What what makes yeah, me sad is that is, our defensive line is just underperforming so much, and they're sucks. all seniors. They're all seniors, and I don't understand. Scott Frost made the comment earlier, maybe it was a week or two weeks ago, that this that our defensive line next year won't be as good as the one this year, and this year is terrible, so bad. That
3: better be fucking wrong. <laughs> like, th- this is the worst, worst fucking defensive line I've seen from Nebraska since no. uh, fucking Greg McMullen was on there.
1: Since Jim, Ro- since Rome, is that Rome guy?
4: Um, n- Chase uh, Rome. you guys broke up. I didn't hear you. It's you're talking about Chase Rome. Um, Chase no, Rome, yeah. You no, know, they were a lot better than this is. This is this is 2017, 2007 level um uh shit on the on the defense. Um
0: uh jim Jim
4: Rome Jim Rome was a sport was a was a, a soulless ginger uh sportscaster. <laughs> Chase Rome was a def, uh I think an offensive tackle. Or a defensive tackle.
1: He was a, de- a defensive yeah. man,
3: I Just fucking fire Genander and get rid of any fucking Iowa ties on the team. Fucking <laughs> that's Bobby the problem. Aco.
1: Oh, he found out. It's the Iowa ties.
3: Wow. Yeah. All, uh, Paul, you got
1: to get out of here, too. It's, all, it's always
4: <laughs> Iowa's fault. Um, <laughs> um, Hey, you know, I mean, we can talk about – whether Chidander needs to stay, and I remember—I don't know whose podcast I was talking on—when um, uh, we first when we first hired Frost, and he made it clear that he was going to bring his entire staff, um, uh, that he wouldn't take the job unless everybody came with him, and I thought that was fine offensively, but I was really kind of worried about Chenander because I went back and I looked at his performance and his defenses have been solidly on the almost mediocre, you know, like in the middle of the bell curve, just slightly to the left. Um, every year. I mean, I mean, he's nothing if not consistent. He's never had a great defense. He's never even really had a good defense. They've always just been kind of meh. Um, but you pair that with with Frost's, you know, amazing offense that he has was able to produce at Oregon and and Central Florida. I think it masked the fact that Chenander's defense was just average at best and wasn't prepared to ever step up and take control of a season. And bring a team across the across the line. They're a fi- he's a fifty percent defense, and you know what? We're sitting right at fifty percent right now. Um, what what do, do you mean by fifty percent?
2: I, I do remember I, way back when was it Frost was hired and UCF was playing in their conference championship game, and they were giving up like thirty points to. It was
4: thirty-eight, forty-two, or something like that against Me- uh, yeah, Memphis, Memphis. I think.
2: Yeah, and I'm like, I was posting in the. Comments of the game thread. Am I allowed to complain about cross defense now? I and mean, it's funny, it still come back to that. But, John, I, I what think...
4: I. Oh, okay. Sorry, Jill, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead.
2: No, 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 it's fine. Last season, we watched a team that really pulled its shit together and punched above its weight class in the second half of the season. And we're seeing a team that's devolving a little bit. And I. I I go back to what John's saying. This is about people and management. You know, the, I think the Davis twins are lost. They're, they're, they're not here anymore. They're talented, but they are just not, they're checked out. And that's a big part of the defensive line struggles. And I hate to call people out specifically when I probably shouldn't. And I don't know X's and O's, but, Something's going on. And you saw today after, was it Carlos Davis got a roughing the passer penalty? That Connor was Davis fucking was stupid. Off on the, yeah, and Khalil Davis was mopping off on the sideline, and he and Frost were, like, visibly irritated with each other. And this coaching staff will show their mettle. I mean, this season is lost. It's the not lost. You can do a little. game. No, we're not going to get to a bowl game, unfortunately, I don't think. Oh, come we on, Purdue and Maryland. Um, yeah, both those teams are dude, better than us. Right? we're not Man. fucking beating <laughs>
3: Wisconsin, and we're not fucking beating Iowa.
2: Yeah.
0: Iowa's,
3: Iowa's offense can't score, so. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Hold on. But John says we're better than Wisconsin. So, I guess we will beat Wisconsin, so we just have to win one on the road. Uh, okay Said we were better than wisconsin bullshit you fucking said that during the illinois game no i didn't
4: um, uh, yeah you did yeah John. you did <laughs> you did um hey can we go back for a minute okay we we'll edit were- that part out of the podcast John, you asked what a, what a, what a 50, uh, 50 or, or six and six defense, defense. is. What's and a I defense? mean, it, it basically is, I mean, you look at Riley right at the, when the, when we hired Riley, I mean, he had won, like, I don't know, like he was like 200 and 200 or something like that. And he left here 51 and 51. I think um, he was, he was the epitome of a six and six coach. I really think, and, and, on a from a statistical standpoint, for the defense, what that looks like is a defense that always gives up almost as much or more, or a little bit more than what we what the offense scores on average. So if you start delving into the Pythagorean theorem of football, what you end up with is a, um, a, pro- a projected wins of right around six and six, something like that. Um, And that's where his, that's where his defenses sit and they have been bailed out regularly. He's we're putting, he's giving up the same amount of points, uh, which is right around 35 a game as he has his entire time. He was with, with frost. Um, This is nothing new. He's just playing much, much better teams now that, are, that have much better defenses facing our offense. And we're not putting up 55. So that 50, that 20-point differential there is what's killing us. I mean, we only have to be an average defense. An average is about 22 points a game in the NCAA. If we could be average, we would be about eight and four this year, I think. Maybe more. Maybe nine and three. Uh, That's why I think he's not cutting it. We need.
0: uh, I mean, uh... okay. Let's let's let's. You made your case. I think that's actually a good case. You 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 know, there's probably people that will. When you said mathematical analysis or some fucking shit like that earlier, people probably went, "Well, I'm done with this podcast." If they listen to the rest of it, you know, I think you made your case. That's that's a good job. Well, thank you, Zach. What are you having to drink?
1: Zach went away. Jill, what do you think? of no, I'm here. Dallas? I'm here. I'm drinking oh, uh, leftover Bush Light. I <clears throat> here's the thing. I how can, I I can it be leftover? I'm 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 demoing a wall right now in my house, which is really cathartic after a, a husker loss. So that's what I'd put you on, you know, just putting a hammer through a wall. I okay. I'm drinking
3: my own tears. <laughs>
0: well yeah, you normal. know what like, the <laughs> <good laughs> things that happened today. So we all go with that. <laughs> there were good things that happened today. What? Like Luke
2: McCaffrey? Yes. And Noah Vedrill. I mean we didn't Well, okay, Vedril's fun will was the difference between okay. and
0: Take, losing you but. said it, Noah Vedrill's fumble. When you look at a team, I mean, when you watch the Ohio State game and Martinez threw that first interception, you felt the entire team or you saw the entire team's body language just go to shit. And at that point they just they were done. And when Noah Vedrel fumbled, this team was clicking. Maybe not the defense, but the offense was going boom, 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 boom. And then federal fumbled, and it's like all the gas, all, everything went out of that, the team. They're going to have to overcome that shit. And that's not about schemes, and it's not about understanding where to put players on the field. It's about getting guys into their heads and saying, you know, if you're doing – listen, Bobby Smith, to not name a player, if all you're going to do is say fuck it and give up and not have confidence, you're going to go sit on the bench, but the problem is you don't have a guy on the bench to replace him with. And I think that's the issue that yeah, I have is. with everybody doing the constant, you need to fire this guy, you need to replace that guy in the field, you need to put another guy in there. Is you know, I think our coaches have the guys playing that they think are their best options to put on the field
4: right now. Well, there's no doubt about that. I mean – yeah, of course, they're making the best decision they think that they're that it's possible. It is not a it is a common problem well well documented um where leaders, CEOs, executives, coaches, whatever will will hold on out of loyalty to a a subordinate executive that isn't getting the job done. And, the, and and almost without fail, business, sports, whatever, the coaches or executives that don't do that, that are willing to say, man, I love you. You're my brother. We've been together for a long time. But here's $3.5 million buyout. You, you need to go find another job. Um, Sabin goes through defensive and offensive coordinators, I swear, every other year. It seems like has he had two or three back-to-back seasons where both of his coordinators were the same? I mean, since he started winning national championships, I don't think he has. I think he's changed one of them at least every year. And yet, his performance stays the same. It's because one, well, he goes out and gets the right people, but if they aren't doing what he really needs to do, he gets somebody else. Or they get hired to be head coaches um it, it, it loyalty is great but also it, you're not doing anyone a favor if you're keeping them on doing a job that they're kind of underperforming at i'm not advocating tossing chenander to the wolves i'm saying that that he's not that his his style his schemes Aren't getting the job done, and I think that that's an objective statement that he needs to change something. And if you can't change it, then then it's kind of up it's it's Frost's responsibility to um it's Frost's responsibility to make the change for him. Then um that's that's the burden of leadership. That's the burden of command. That's the burden of being an executive that you have to, part of succeeding at that is recognizing when you're at that point.
0: I always think it's interesting when you do an interview with somebody that people will come back to you and go, you're an asshole for asking this question. When I look at it, I think what I did was give this person an opportunity to clear themselves of the 800-pound gorilla that's been weighing around their neck. Does that make sense to you?
4: You mean like giving someone a chance to overcome their past mistakes?
0: Yeah, or something like that. Well, that's fine, and that's good. I'm probably – it's the same concept that you have, where it is your responsibility. It's kind of like you you made that – again, you made the case, Paul. You should do this more often, you son of a bitch. All right, where else do we want to go with this?
3: Evan? Let's talk. Sorry, let's I, talk. Sorry, I was I was closing a garage door. Um <laughs> so yeah, I advocate throwing the fucking wolves. He can <laughs> suck my dick for all I can. <laughs> Someday you'll be a manager, Evan. My I'm I'm basically a manager now, so
1: <gasps> um I what, what, could you hire a co-defensive coordinator? Like, hire someone with Shenander and say, "Hey guys, you got, go you need fucking a pay out. Go fucking pay someone
3: fucking five million a year to come here and coach defense. I'm sick and tired of fucking shitty defense. Just pay someone."
0: I, well, if I, I, I remember, it, Florida State. At Florida State, didn't they hire? They hired a consultant, right? What they call a
3: consultant. Well, well, you know that might be the case, but Bob Diaco was hired as Oklahoma's consultant. So, right.
4: yeah, and they just they just got housed by uh, Kansas State today. <laughs> so let's let's maybe that isn't working out as
3: well oh, as that, they
0: planned. Yeah, they're still <laughs> Oklahoma and they're still kick-ass team. Yeah, yeah,
4: kind of. I mean, they gave up forty-eight to Kansas State today, so.
1: They
4: they Let's talk, uh, you asked, John, you asked what we can talk about. Let's talk about the state of the program that Eichhorst and Riley left it in. Because I think that that is the root cause of where we're, where we're at right now. I mean, Frost, we can talk about what Frost is doing. We can talk about the players. But fundamentally, everything that made up the, the continuity in a football team, was destroyed when those guys left. Um, There was, there was nothing on which to build a team. And I think that I don't, we can't, I don't think we can blame them for our performance, but we have to, we have to be honest and say, you know what? Those guys did immeasurable damage to the, just to the identity and the, you know, the, year over year ability of the team to regenerate itself um and it it takes it might i think it's it's a reality it it takes a decade or more to get to the point where the team goes from you know 10 and one, 10 and 2 to 10 and 2 to 11 and 1 to 10 and 2 every year um and and it's going to take a decade to get back to that if we can ever get back there, because every other team out there is trying to do the same thing. Um, I I feel like we squandered, we squandered our goodwill. We squandered our resources. We squandered everything that was Nebraska under Riley and, and I coursed and I, I pin the rose on them for where we're at right now. I think, I don't think... What do you
3: think of that?
0: Thanks, Obama. (laughs) Jill? Jill? went off to get more beer.
2: (sighs) Oh, no, we're talking, we're we're making new fence plans out here. We're out, I'm actually outside. I'm wandering around. We're, like, making um, new fence lines here because we have to redo some of our fences so sorry i was multitasking what do you need from me <laughs>
4: <laughs> tell us what you think of the, the state of the of the of the of the program that eichorst and riley bequeathed to moose and 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 uh and frost
2: of the program it sucks I mean it. um there's really no other way to put it and we asked somebody who's what 44 years old to fix it and he's got a long way to go and I think he can do it but we're gonna have to be patient we're gonna have to be like Tom Osborne patient with frost but I'm not saying he'll ever get to where Osborne was. Maybe he will. I think he has that capability, but its he's learning a lot on this job. And as someone who does some of the same things, I mean, I, I'm never good at something I do the first time around. I can see what's happening. And, and he's, Last year, he got the players to buy in, and this year, they're losing something, and I'm not sure what's going on behind the scenes, but something is different behind the scenes, and this will be a big moment for our young head coach, and I think he's learning a hell of a lot right now, and it's going to suck. We're going to hate it. We're going to think this is not progressing. But I suspect it is.
1: Okay.
0: I'm sure, gonna go back that's to the, Michael, off
2: the off the soapbox and done. I'm gonna go
0: uh, back to the management stuff again. The 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 stuff that has nothing to do with football. Uh, I've been an IT consultant for thirty years. I've worked for a lot of small businesses. I've watched fathers turn their businesses over to their sons. And one of the things that invariably happens is the son goes, you know what? I've always wanted to do this for years and I'm going to go try it. And the dad goes, you can't do that. We don't do things that way. And the son, and they have this conflict. And why I'm saying that is this is if Paul has brought up the notion that if, if Scott Frost is ultimately going to be successful, he probably has to fire one of his best friends. Tom Osborne really Kinda never did that, and Tom Osborne is Frost's mentor, and we're doing a lot of speculating here, and I understand that, and that's what people do, and if you don't like podcasts where we speculate out of our, <laughs> app, well, you know, don't fucking listen to us. But here's the thing: you're gonna have to. I think when Jill says it's a big moment, it's may, maybe that moment comes. Later on when Scott Frost realized that if I really want to be successful here, I am going to have to churn coaches way more than Tom ever did. You know, that's the, gonna be a big thing for him. There's a there's a
4: there's a huge difference. Oh well actually there's many differences between the the era that Osborne was coaching in and where we are right now. And I think that the biggest one is television and how that imp- and what I mean by that is Players across the country, by and large, now in the South, um, don't don't have to go to a Michigan or a Penn State or an Alabama or a USC or a Notre Dame to be on television. They can go to North Texas State. They can go to I don't know where. They can go to freaking. Iowa State, Kansas State, they can go to these places and be on television every week. And that is, I think, the single biggest reason that we, it is hard to get a foothold in rebuilding. And you can't, I, I guess what I'm saying is that it's good. There are great moral Morality tale lessons to learn from Coach Osborne. I mean, he is the heart and soul of the entire state of Nebraska. But his his what what he can impart, other than general wisdom principles, are it's probably not nearly as useful as we want to think. I mean, mentoring Scott on.
2: Yeah, what you're saying is now kids are looking for the fit for them. In the past, Osborne was able to recruit them and mold them into a Husker. I
4: I, I think there's a lot of ways to say it, um, but I think I think the biggest thing, it, it 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 in the end, it's all gonna it all comes down to things are so different now that. If you look and say, you know what, Osborne kept to this. And that was all we, we all looked and said, you know what, that's one of the reasons that Osborne was successful is he kept the same staff and he always did things the same way. And I think that we learned the wrong lesson. That was not I really think that that was not the reason that things worked well. The reason things worked out well with the same staff is because they didn't have the competition that we do now. For the players they got, and that's that, we can't discount that we really can't um they they the coaches that were there were at the top of their game, and we can no one's no one's denying that but it wasn't, it wasn't the lack of turnover that made them great. It was that they were good and that they didn't have as much competition. We have 132 schools in Division One now, I think, 130. And every single one of them is on TV 10, 11, 12 times a season minimum. That's, that, is, that is competition for every player. For
0: resources.
4: for resource, for resources in every way, yeah you know, Boyd Epley was a big deal in 19 what 1975 when did he come on board with with the team? I mean that was a big thing um, now there there are high schools i look I look down the road at, at, at you know at the at the athletic training facility in San Antonio for my school district, and it is it is every bit. As as extensive as the weight room at Nebraska right now, and this is this is a shared facility among like three or four different high schools, <laughs> but it's high schools. Right. I mean, uh, there's nothing special about Nebraska. I mean, playing wise. I mean, I mean, uh, for a, for a player anyway that didn't grow up, right? That's, that's not Noah Vedral. that didn't grow up there, that didn't want to be Tom Osborne, you know, or have Bob Devaney come down the chimney at Christmas. It's not, it's not, what, what is there to wreck? Why? What is there to sell to, to, to recruits anymore? Other than coach Frost has to convince mom that he's the best guy and that's how he's doing it. And he's getting good players. But there was no support. There was nothing in place for him to take over. I mean, he literally is building everything without any
1: assistance.
2: That is true. And that's why he needs time.
1: Yeah. I think that argument extends way beyond the initial scope of Indiana, though. Against Indiana today, we could have won with the players we had. I don't disagree with that. I think I think
4: something happened on that last drive. It seemed like the defense just kind of just quit, and I don't want to say that, but it I didn't see them. <laughs> I, I I can't imagine watching today's game or the defense today with Jason Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet he made the paint peel off the walls <laughs> um, watching a team dressed in black play that pathetically and with no heart and no, no will to overcome the deficit.
2: Well, everything revolves around trust, and there's no trust right now.
4: They definitely appear trust
2: to be the next person to do their job. And that's gonna be a hard thing to get back in this season. I, I mean it's probably not coming back this season.
4: You know, I I under it it sounds there was some there was some press reports that came out today that Martinez has been hurt um in in one way or another since um last summer or before before summer drills started or summer camp started. And I just wonder how what other what other things bad things that have happened um, are the coaches keeping under wraps and and I guess from a tactical standpoint, I understand why they wouldn't want to do that you wouldn't if 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 martinez calf is has a bruise or something like that, you don't want to advertise that somebody's going to punch him in it, and he's never going to play you know for the rest of the season um but at the same time. Hiding things from an organizational or leadership standpoint is not usually an effective way to. Yeah, are
0: they? are not hiding it from themselves. Well, if, if yeah, the no, instruction they're, they're not. Is, hi-
2: yeah. and he, if the, and you, I agree with John, they're not hiding that there's it. There's a difference themselves.
0: between they know. Being, hurt, being hurt and being injured in football, right? Well, yeah, I do. Okay. Um, but I think, okay, hold on, listeners. Just there is this concept. You're you have your offensive and defensive lines consist of three mound, three hundred pound gigantic monster men mashing into each other on every play. Everybody is always hurt. You play hurt. That's how you play football. When you do not play is when you're injured, and it's up to each individual player. Consulting obviously with medical staff or coaches and things like that as to whether they're hurt or injured. Continue. Well, I just if
4: if if the if the if if the coaching staff has has the idea that they're going to keep these injuries under wraps um, and not talk about them. Um, or let them get out. There is pressure put on the team, ultimately, to keep secrets. And in some most, ways, again, coaches, I use
0: most coaches do not talk about injuries, right? I I don't know. Maybe I'm, yeah, that's I'm not probably comple-
4: I'm completely off base here. I just I, I I agree with Jill that the psychological makeup of the team is really different than last year and I, I i i don't know did is it possible that mo washington was that that destructive i mean we know that yes. he was
3: yes. you know, some there was some really bad things yeah. happening yeah. with him. I, can can i can i add in something there so sure. i no. think i think part of the reason <laughs> go go I think part of the reason our team has a different mindset is because they listen to all the preseason hype. I do. I mean, everybody was talking about how Nebraska may win the Big Ten last, and then then
1: we look like shit for fucking six weeks, and now we can't do anything. Speaking of that, I think Frost is pretty hypocritical. He like he, His whole coaching philosophy is no fear of failure. Yeah, he then mentioned during the season, like halfway through the season, oh, yeah, I had a fear of failure, playing, call, play, like, calling plays. And then he instills so much pressure and fear into his players to perform, right? He's like, oh, if we're going to wear these black older rims, we better play well. That's a fail of failure. That's exactly oh, why. That
4: no, I, I disagree with that. I think that's they a.
3: They should fucking play well if they're gonna wear the black shirt.
4: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean you have to lay you have to lay expectations out there. I mean he's not saying I if you guys if you guys oh, you play big crap, I'm gonna cut you. He's not saying I mean like not with a knife from the team. He's not saying that. He's saying black is a color that means something in Nebraska and you guys had better respect that or you'll never see these uniforms again. That's what he said. I don't think he said anything that was, that was, that was hypocritical. The fear watched, of failure watched, thing absolutely is hypocritical because he did say that. And, and if you watch some of his play calling, it makes you wonder why in the world, you know, are we doing some of the things? It's not as bad this year as it was last year, but he, was, know, he, he was playing scared, not a his, doubt.
3: His play calling today I thought was pretty good, and I thought it really – I thought it was really good um when luke mccaffrey was in there except for maybe a few plays well you do you
0: do realize that you're you are asking a coach to make 100 decisions within 30 seconds of each each decision right
3: yeah i understand that
0: yeah we're not talking about coke or pepsi do i want pickles well, on my hand? well we're a
3: pepsi school so it's pepsi or mountain dew
0: Well, you get what I'm saying. Do I want lettuce? Do you want – what kind of bread do you want? That's why people go to Subway and they order the same fucking sandwich every time they go there for their entire lives because they can't decide. Okay. There was inflection in that. I realize you probably thought there was going to be more in that sentence. That's why I'm not great at talking sometimes. Okay. You know what the problem is?
4: i bet you're gonna tell us
0: i am you know what the problem is is i'm out of alcohol you sons of bitches so that means this podcast is coming to an end i'm gonna give each one of you the chance to get in your final thoughts and i'll start with zach because he's probably still breaking a
1: wall i'm what you call on me (laughs) yes your final thoughts I i was breaking a wall you're right um I think that our offense continually shows that it's it's so close to to being great. There are a couple of plays where the guy just finished his block, just one guy finishes his block. That it would have been a, a, a huge play. Um, and then on defense, it is such a mess. Of one the the one game the defensive line will show up, another game the linebackers show up but no one else there's there's no consistency uh we can't adjust we we started the third quarter slow we got scored 15 to 3 this this game in the third quarter nothing new i mean every game we got scored in the third quarter and we still can't figure that out brain sprints on the minnesota game and that didn't work uh so i i i don't know there, i mean this is just another Scott's taking another mulligan so he signed a seven-year contract and uh he's just start again next year i guess Evan.
3: Well, we're not going to be starting again because I do think that progress has been made. It's not like we're going to be starting all over. But, God, we are awful. Our defense cannot stop fucking anything. Can DiCaprio Boodle learn to turn his fucking head, please? I mean, dude, I don't understand why... We can't get pressure on the quarterback. We can't stop anybody over the middle. And then when they throw the ball downfield, we can't even stop that. Paul. We are we are awful. We are awful this year. I already said Paul. Well, I was done. But go ahead.
4: Um I don't know if we're awful or not at the end of this end of the season, I'll do the statistical postmortem and I'll give you the, the, how do we, how do we compare to our, our identifiably awful seasons, which were 2007 and 2017. Um, so stand by for that. And we're five weeks away from that. Um, I, I think that three years from now, we're going to look back on this when we're cruising to, you know, a matchup for the big 12, you know, the big 10 West, uh, with, with either Iowa or Wisconsin. Um, and, and for a right to go to the, uh, go to the championship game every year and we will, we'll look back and we'll be glad that we got there, but it's going to take three years, I think, because as I said before, the key is an offensive line, Probably a new defensive coordinator or a, a mature defensive line, a mature, a mature offensive line and a program that produces mature offensive linemen to step in their senior year and become All-Americans like we used to have. That's how we succeeded in the past.
0: Jill? And-
2: yeah, I mean, I agree with Paul that that, it's going to take time and in a few years we'll feel like we've made progress and it sucks that we've taken a step backward this year because we thought we'd take a step forward. You know, based on how the last half of last year's season went, we thought things would move forward. But what I'm seeing is just it's, there's clearly some kind of a maturity problem on this team. And I'm sorry to say that, but they don't have the Jimmys and Joes right now. They've got some of them. I mean, clearly we've got some dudes and there's some players that we're we're wasting games on right now and they deserve better, but we'll get there. I, I really do think that Frost understands some of the deeper issues. And he's working to address them. So we'll get there.
0: Okay, that leaves it up to me, and then we're going to be done. Uh, number one, I'm going to go get a 12-pack of beer. Number two, uh, Rutgers won today. The Rutgers actually won today. And uh, Minnesota went to 8 no today. And uh, I'm sure that's, like, the first time since uh, 1940 or some damn thing. They still fucking suck. <laughs> Ohio State. Blew away Wisconsin. It took them a while, but they destroyed them totally. They will destroy everyone for the rest of the season. I'm not going to talk about in Nebraska anymore because you'll hear that later this week on the Five Heart Podcast. And uh, I should have an interview with somebody that I think you'll enjoy. And that's going to be it. We're going to wrap it up. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to our podcast so that we don't go out of business or something because God knows. I'll tell you what. I can tell from looking at our traffic and tell from looking at social media and how our comments and things like that, that people are really stopping. Pay- they're not paying attention anymore. And this is, the sad thing about that is, is that when you look at Nebraska football, there's a lot of people depend on this selling T-shirts, selling books, selling media stuff. This is a year that's going to turn into like people going out of business, which is kind of sad. Uh, that's about the saddest thing I can say. And that's going to be it. Take care of yourselves. And one more thing. I realize this means a lot to us as Nebraska fans. We define ourselves around Nebraska football. I've told you this before, and I'll tell you again. Don't let this cloud your day. I love you all. I thank you for being part of my site. That goes for all you guys on the podcast, too, not just listeners. So you all have a good the rest of your night. And, Zach, good luck destroying your wall.
3: I won't but you guys have one.
1: I don't need luck doing that. I need a, my hammer and my pry bar. That's all I got. All right, that's it. I'm going to
0: hang up now.
1: You guys have a good
0: night.
3: Bye all right. John. See you John.
0: Bye. Bye. Hey, later, everybody.